welcome to another episode of the Dying Daily Podcast. Uh, as always, my name is James, and I am coming to you from a very cold uh, office in Lubbock, Texas this morning. It's, uh, I think it's somewhere like 23 degrees out there, and it's kind of wet too, which is a lot of fun. I want to say it was, uh, what, it was like 75 on Friday or something like that, so here on Sunday it's freezing, and that's that's pretty normal weather out here actually. So. I'm really excited about a lot of stuff that's coming. Um, I'm thinking this might be the last podcast I release uh, under the name Dying Daily Podcast. I'm talking to some people about shifting, rebranding, whatever you want to call it, and just doing this under my name. But I think this is the last one I'll be releasing on my current website. I've got a really cool uh, company I'm working with here in town called Wonder Tree that's redoing my website for me. And I think it's going to be cool. I'm going to start off a new cycle of blogging. I'm really shifting my my focus to intentional living as opposed to just mindfulness and meditation and stuff. I think I'm still going to talk a lot about that, um, which will be shocking to everybody that knows me. But that's still going to be a central component, but I'm kind of expanding the scope and just looking at what does it mean to live intentionally in every area of our lives. But like I said, mindfulness, meditation, still probably my favorite stuff to talk about and to just engage my life in. So going to start off with that. And I thought that a quick podcast to kind of dispel one of the most, um, I guess the most pervasive uh, issues I see, uh, most pervasive questions I get about mindfulness, about meditation. That's what this episode's about is kind of looking at addressing this kind of misunderstanding about mindfulness and meditation. So mentioning the weather is actually a pretty... Uh, just convenient segue into this Uh, and I didn't actually plan that which is cool so we've got this weather and it's cold and it's wet and the mind throws out these ideas like it shouldn't be this way because it was just warm it's March how long is this winter going to last all this different stuff there's nothing that's going to change that the weather is as it is it doesn't pay attention to us it was here a long time before us it will be here a long time after us the only way the weather can possibly be bad is if we choose to take that perspective on it, if we choose to see it as bad. And what we really mean when we say bad a vast majority of the time is simply inconvenient. A mindfulness practice, a meditation practice, helps us strip things down and start to see them as they really are. We can start to look at difficult thoughts as nothing more than thoughts. These are little things floating through our brain. Difficult emotions as kind of warning lights or just uh, barometers of how we're feeling of what's going on but the unpleasantness that we experience with them often it's probably not what causes it but it definitely is compounded by our wishing they would be different and so I have a lot of people come to me wanting to learn about mindfulness and about meditation and their goals are often things like I want to be more calm I want to have more peace I want to be less reactive I want to be less bothered and I get that because that is the That's the presentation of it, and it's kind of health-oriented, just the the, the health-oriented format that we're experiencing it in, especially, you know, here in the United States. And especially in my role as uh, somebody, you know, as a therapist and stuff like that, that's, it makes sense that that's what I'm getting. But at 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 the very heart of all of this, I believe at least, it's really about learning to accept and engage the neutrality of so many of the things that we experience. 
It's about learning to understand that our suffering comes from our thinking things should be different, especially if those things are not within our control. Now, as we do this, it oftentimes does relieve us from some of the more difficult aspects of our thoughts and of our emotions. But it might not. It might not. One thing I hear very frequently is people coming back to me and telling me, I can't do mindfulness because it makes me too anxious. It makes me too angry. And really what's happening there is they're really kind of noticing what was always there. These things are functioning in the background, kind of like a virus on your computer. They're just suddenly noticing it. So they feel more anxious. They feel more angry. They feel sadder. They feel more overwhelmed because they're noticing what was already there. Maybe it's like suddenly becoming aware of a bad smell in your house. Like once you notice that, it's you're going to notice it until you do something about it. But at its core, mindfulness is about experiencing life as it is without judgment. It's not about not having anxiety. It's about recognizing that anxiety and kind of going into it and stripping it down to its constituent elements so that we recognize that the suffering aspect of it comes from our interpretation of those things. It's about recognizing anger when it arises and seeing what's underneath it. You know, I, I often tell people anger does not arise alone. As I, as I say, it always carpools with somebody. You know? So when anger arises, we ask, you know, who, who drove it here? Who did it carpool with? And what we find underneath it are things like fear, disappointment, rejection, all those emotions that make us feel vulnerable and weak and we don't like them. So we translate it into anger so we can feel tough. And then we make a mess of things. And that's kind of the way the world works. Practicing mindfulness, practicing meditation is not going to make the people around you be nicer to you. It's not going to make your spouse or your partner be more compassionate toward you. It's not going to make your boss see you as a more valuable employee. It's not going to free you from feeling anxiety. It's not going to free you from feeling anger. It's not going to do any of these things. It's not going to change the things you want, especially at the beginning. What it can do is help us have a different perspective on these things. But the only way we can do that is by learning to observe them, by learning to allow them to be exactly as they are without getting invested in them needing to be different. And this needing to be different, this needing to change things, I think is a basic part of our nature. When we are talking about something that we have control over, something that is actually within our ability to change, well, yeah, then we need to be very intentional and consider changing things. If you are in an abusive relationship, then yes, uh, at some point we do need to consider changing that. If you are in poor health because of your diet or lack of exercise or whatever, we have to consider changing that. If a person is playing so many video games that the, it's taken over their life or looking at so much porn that it is becoming a compulsion for them, if a person drinks to the point that it is negatively impacting their life. Yeah, absolutely. We have to address those things. But the real problem comes in is that the mind is often so focused on things we can't control that we have that, that have nothing to do with us that we miss being able to address those things that we can. Um, it's like this weather. 
you know, I could get so invested in thinking that it's too cold and this sucks and this is bullshit and I wanted to go to the park today. Like, I really, I just talked to Max yesterday about going out and practicing on his bike he's, as he's working on riding without training wheels. That, you know, my mind wants to say, oh man, I had these plans and this, and they were ruined by this weather, so this weather is bad. The weather's just the weather, it's just neutral. There's no reason for me to get invested in that. Especially if there are, not if, especially when there are dozens of things in my life that I need, that I can change and I can do better on. Being aware of what we can control is very important. Being aware that so many of the things that are outside of our control are neutral or are only a problem because we have a vested interest in them is, is, is kind of the heart of this practice. It's what allows us to start to change because we open ourselves up to the things we can change. I embrace this weather. I put on a jacket and I stop bitching. I take the day to record a podcast and record some meditations instead of going to the park. I will spend some time with Max doing something else. I'll spend some time hanging out with Barbara. We'll be in our warm house. This is not a bad thing. It's different than what I had planned. My mindfulness practice my daily meditation practice, doesn't make it where I don't experience uh, resistance to the cold. It doesn't make it where I'm not disappointed that I can't go do the things I wanted to do. Um, you know, the other thing I thought about up until uh, just a couple days ago was I was going to go camping this weekend. But out here in West Texas this time of year, my allergies are, I mean, they're almost debilitating, especially if I spend too much time outside. So that plan had to change. I'm disappointed about that. It was something I wanted to do, but it is what it is. This is not good or bad. Uh, it's I, if it's anything, I, I'd have to I'd have to like lean toward it being good because I'm choosing to stay in so I don't get sick and I don't get a sinus infection. You know, I'm choosing not to take my son out to learn to ride his bike better in sleet and in freezing and freezing rain. You know, this is these are not bad things. This is just what the world is offering me, and that's what's happening. A large majority of the time for us. You know, I don't think there's anybody listening to this podcast who has control over world events, what world leaders in other countries do, what our leaders are doing. Uh, we can all go out and vote. We can, we can be active in the things that matter to us, but ultimately the outcome is out of our hands. It's shared among millions and millions of people, you know, hundreds of millions of people. We don't get to control that. We can't really control what goes on in our house. When we're talking about a single other human in the equation, we cannot control what they do. And if we're honest, it would be a terrible thing if we could because we'd mess that up. When it comes to our own bodies, we can't control it. You breathe all night without consciously meaning to. Your heart beats with no help from you. All of these things are constantly going on with no help from us. So the idea of control is an illusion in the first place, but we still have this idea that things should be different. That being calm and peaceful and happy is better than being anxious and unhappy and angry. And I think that in the balance, when we look at how one affects the world and how the other affects the world and how we feel internally, that is true. But there is no practice that is going to completely remove those, what we'll call, for lack of a better word, problematic emotions, problematic states of being. But this practice will help us change our relationship to them so that we don't inadvertently fuel them, so we don't inadvertently make them a lot worse. And that's, I think that's like, it's a subtle difference, but it's something that I hear all the time. If you approach mindfulness and meditation with the sole idea that 
this is going to make my life better. This is going to make me calmer, less anxious. Then you're going to label anxiety, fear, anger, discomfort, all those things as negative. And it's going to put you in resistance to reality. When we get down to it, we can start to see that when we're talking about anxiety, we're really talking about a series of physical sensations, tight chest, uh, stomach feeling kind of yucky, maybe your hands are sweaty or they're clenched up, that we then interpret, oh my God, what's wrong? This isn't good. What's going to happen? And that brings us to suffering. Mindfulness practice, especially just a pure mindfulness practice, is not really going to change those things, but we'll be able to engage them without the stories around them. Uh, I have a friend named Meredith uh, Hook who, she does super cool stuff. Uh, Her website is zensmarts.com. And I think she wrote a whole blog about this, but really like there's almost no difference between anxiety and excitement except for the thoughts about that state. The feeling we have going over like the big hill on a roller coaster are probably very similar to what we feel going over a cliff in our car. But one is excitement because we kind of know that we're going to be okay. The other one is probably pure terror because we're going over a freaking cliff in our car. So it's, it helps us get down to that framing. But even once we become aware of the framing, we're still going to experience those sensations. We're still going to experience them. We're going to have a little bit of difficulty with them. You know, the most, the most personal example I have of it is with my neck. My neck is pretty messed up and it hurts all the time. The thing I've learned, though, is that that is just my body trying to tell me that something is wrong. If I had my hand on a hot stove and it was painful, that pain would be a very good thing because it would keep me from cooking my hand. The stuff in my neck, I can't really do anything about it. It, it just is what it is. The only time I really suffer with all the things in my neck is when I start to label them as wrong or I start to wish they were different. Mindfulness has helped me change that relationship to where I don't suffer and it doesn't really disrupt my life all that often. But the pain is still exactly as it was. The raw sensation of it has not changed. My interpretation of it has. This is true of anxiety. This is true of anger. Um, Just recently, I went through a couple days where I was just, I, I was just dealing with an overwhelming anger and almost just fury. And it wasn't directed at anyone or anything. The situations in my life had not changed. It was just a state I was going through. It did not turn into suffering because, number one, I kind of accepted it for what it was. And in that acceptance, I was able to see that this this is not the true state of reality. Nothing has really changed. Because of that, I didn't vent it on anybody else. I didn't try to place blame. Oh, this is so-and-so's fault. This is so-and-so's fault. I didn't make any big changes. I didn't quit. You know, I didn't close my office. I didn't, um, I didn't burn my house. I didn't do anything like that. It was just a state of being for a couple of days. And this happens from time to time. I don't, I don't know why. And I'm not sure that knowing why would really fix anything for me. Because there's nothing there to be fixed. We're human beings. We are going to have a wide range of human experience. And a big part of that experience is pain and anger and fear and anxiety and happiness and heartbreak and betrayal. It's awesome that we get to experience all those things. The fact that we're here to experience them at all is amazing. And those things, while unpleasant, don't have to become suffering in our life if we can learn to address our stories about them, if we can learn to address our expectations and our ideas of how reality should be if we can learn to address our perspective on them, our relationship to them, 
still unpleasant, but they don't necessarily have to generate suffering in our life. And to me, that's one of the just that's that's one of the core just base elements of a mindful lifestyle, of a mindfulness practice, is recognizing things are what they are. And that's kind of the end of the story right there. So as we move into this long period of exploring mindfulness in depth on the blog and on the podcast here and on Instagram, hold that idea as, hold that idea as, just give that idea as much space as you can. The idea that the things that happen to us are the things that happen to us. If we can get down underneath them and look at how our mind is twisting us up, telling us that this is wrong, this is not okay, this is how it should be. If we can get underneath that and stay underneath that, it's a whole different way of engaging this life that we're living. It's a way of embracing the lack of control. It's a way of embracing the different things that come our way. And I think it allows us to be fully human. I've spoken in the past about how I didn't want to be human. I wanted to be superhuman and above it all. And that is a very dry, desolate way to live. I don't want to be the person that is run by their emotions either. I know a lot of people, a lot of the work I do is trying to help people not be just fueled by their emotions, just swayed back and forth where disappointment sinks them, anger sinks them, fear and everything just sinks them. They're at the mercy of everything. There's a middle path there of being fully aware and fully engaged with these things without buying into the idea that they should be different. By all means, if there's something in your life that should be different and you can change it, go change it. Do it mindfully and do it intentionally and do it with love. Change it. Make your life better. But if you can't control it, the question really becomes, how do I change my relationship to it? If you want to keep up with this kind of mindfulness block we're doing in, in, in the overall idea of intentional living, um, the best place is going to be jamesscotthenson.com. Uh, you'll either find my current website or the new one. Uh, they both have blogs and stuff, but the new one's where I'm really going to start posting new content. Um, you can keep up with the podcast, which you obviously already know how to find. Or you can uh, find me on Instagram. It's just James Scott Henson. I post there every once in a while. And I try to, each one I try to have, it's like a little mini blog on these kind of topics. So those are the easiest ways to stay in touch with all of this. Take some time this week. Notice the places where you're suffering. And see what happens if you change your relationship to that suffering. Ask yourself, what would this look like without my thoughts about it? What would this look like without my ideas of how it should be? Do I have control over this? And if the answer is no, then we really have to ask ourselves, why do I have a strong opinion on it then? Just explore this. Give it a little bit of space. One of my favorite uh, quotes, I think it's Aristotle, said, the mark of an educated mind is the ability to entertain an idea without necessarily accepting it. So entertain this. Let it have some, just let it bounce around in your head and see if you find anything worthwhile in it. If not, throw it away. But give this one a try and see what it does for you. I hope you have a great week. Take care.
So I'm more active on Instagram than I am on other websites. Um, I don't know why. It's I, It doesn't seem like it's an especially good fit for me, but somehow that's where I wound up. I hate Twitter. It seems like a bunch of people fighting all the time. Uh, Facebook is... Facebook's the absolute worst. I'm too old for TikTok, so I suppose uh, Instagram was the default. But I, you know, I'm, I'm pretty active there, and I have good engagement with people, and I enjoy it. I've met some really super cool people on there. But every once in a while, I'll post asking just, you know, what what would be useful topics to talk about, uh, usually for videos or for like informational posts there. But this last one, uh, somebody asked just a really good question about like what are the best habits that. I have established in life. And I think that uh, one of the most useful things we can do is, is have our habits divided up into like habits that we want to stop, habits we want to decrease, habits we want to maintain, habits we want to increase, and habits we want to start. And I think what this does, it just helps us kind of take a broad spectrum look at everything we're doing and how that's working for us. You know, we don't, it's, it's strange, we do that with so many things. We kind of, we audit our money and we, all these different just things. Like, is this service working for me? Do I like this app? But we don't often just stop and take, take stock of the habits and what we're doing. So, you know, so in answer to that question, um, you know, the habits, I, I got two habits I really want to stop. I want to stop biting my nails just because it's a, it's a nasty habit. I think it's especially bad when there's a freaking pandemic going around. Um, or when we're in the middle of a pandemic, it's the pandemic's just going around visiting. Uh, when we're in the middle of a pandemic, and I'd like to stop swearing as much as I do. I'd really like to stop completely because I don't really know what it does for me, except for make me look ignorant. Um, and th- but those two things both have been like, those have been issues for as long as I can remember. And so, but doing this podcast, I, I had to stop and think about, okay, what do I want to stop? And those two things are at the forefront. Uh, what do I want to decrease? I, I, I've been doing this ever since all of this started. I have been decreasing the amount of just dark shit that I take in on a daily basis. I'm really drawn to that. I like I like dark, violent movies and dark, violent shows and dark, violent video games and dark, violent music. But th- like, that's not that's not necessarily a good thing, especially when everything is just so heavy. I really noticed that a lot of the stuff that uh, that I normally watch and enjoy like man I, just, I wasn't enjoying it it just felt like it was adding one more thing to this kind of pile of anxiety that's come from the quarantine and so you know I started cutting back on that I've really I've changed what I'm watching I've been watching like the Mandalorian with Max and Barbara and um, uh, instead of playing like my normal games I got Breath of the Wild like on the Switch and that's just beautiful and I've really noticed that it, it kind of just shifts your perspective on things and so you know, that's that's really important. I think that's something that we often overlook is the value of just just taking stock of what it is we're taking in through our senses. Um, we think about what we eat, we think about what we drink, but we don't really think about what we consume with our eyes and with our mind. And so I'm trying to be more mindful of that. Um, what I want to maintain. Man, I've started this just kind of opening practice is what I'm calling it. It comes from like uh, people like Michael Singer and um, Anthony DeMello, but you know, in mindfulness, we talk a lot about how we we're rejecting things all the time. We're clinging to things all the time, and I think that my bigger problem is the things that I reject. I notice that I can be bopping along, feeling good, have good energy, and then something happens that I don't like, and I close, and I just shut my energy down. This happens with um, it can happen on just like just like plans being changed. Uh, 
anything imposing on my time. I remember when I was seeing a counselor about a year ago, one thing she pointed out is she just said, like, you're like, I'm really uh, involved in making sure things don't impinge on my time. I don't I don't like that. I don't like having to spend time doing things I don't like. And I, I think everybody's like that, but I think it's pathological with me. And so that's really easy to make me close up. Uh, you know, I've talked on the podcast before about just how, uh, you know, about the last year and a half or so were pretty difficult. Anything related to those things, when they come up, man, I just watch as like, my heart just closes and anxiety arises. And, you know, Michael Singer especially, I think, talks about this just articulately. Um, and he talks about just being open to it, about instead of just like closing off and shutting ourselves down, just saying, okay, cool, what's, uh, what's this bringing to me? What can I learn from it? And just leaning into it. That's been huge. So I want to maintain that. Um, I want to maintain walking and staying home and not spending money. These are things that have emerged directly from the quarantine and they've been really good for me. I've been taking May and walks around the neighborhood in her stroller. I've been yeah, just staying home and not having to go places. Like I'm astonished at how much time and energy I waste going from place to place. Like a lot of times it's buying shit I don't need, uh, doing things that don't need to be done. But I have this, I have this weird compulsion to be like out doing things. Man, being home has been awesome. I've gotten so much done over the past few, I guess, months now? I don't even know. Past few weeks for sure, that's been cool. And then just not spending money. I noticed that a lot of times like the money I spend is not because I wanted something. It's because I happen to see it. I'm out and about doing that, just all the stuff that doesn't need to be done. And then I see something that I don't need and I buy it and that adds up. So I want to maintain that even when this quarantine ends. Like I've said over and over on Instagram and to anybody who will listen, I am not going back to normal. Like I, this is, this is a better life for me. Uh, not, not just running myself into the wall all the time, not just running myself ragged. I'm staying here. Uh, I want to increase my meditation and my exercise. Uh, I think that uh, meditation, you know, I talk in here a lot. It's, it's, it's pretty much a daily habit for me, but I'd like to bump that up. I think that I'd like it to be every single day. I'd like it to be something that it's like brushing my teeth where maybe I do it once or twice a day. Maybe I, and I, and I don't miss that. You know, I don't skip that for any reason. And then exercise, you know, I'm 42 years old. I have noticed more and more the effects of a lack of exercise on my body. I hurt more. You know, I already have chronic pain. I've got some fairly serious just health issues uh, around things I've done to my body over the years. Exercise fixes so much. It helps so much with anxiety. It helps so much with depression. It's just all around. And so I want that to be more a part of my life. Uh, instead of like this really just annoying thing that I hate doing. That, if, if I had to pick one thing that over the course of my life has been the most difficult thing for me to maintain practice of, it's, it's, it's exercise. Back when I was rock climbing, uh, man, I was in great shape and I exercised a lot because I enjoyed it. Uh, I don't find that many things anymore. As I get older, my body hurts all the time. And, you know, if I exercise and I do the wrong thing, then I'm in pain for a couple days. And so it's not as easy as it used to be, but that doesn't mean it's any less necessary. And then the things that I really want to start doing, um, we're shifting how we eat. I think that one thing that I've talked to a lot of people about in the pandemic is that, you know, things like emotional eating have been higher and that makes sense. I don't fault anybody for it. Um, but I know that my diet has just gone off the rails. And so just kind of reining that in, I'm not talking about something restrictive. I'm not talking about, um, 
anything that's about like how I look and oh, I want six pack abs. It's about, I just need to get to be where I feel better. I, the older I get, the more obvious it is to me that what I eat, <laughs> I think it, like, it can like impact me five minutes later, to be honest with you. And so that's just, that's one thing I really want to focus on is just being more intentional with what I eat instead of it just being what I do when I'm bored or anxious or whatever. And then I've really started working on uh, materials for the subscription library that I'm creating. And I really want to keep working on that because that's a project I'm excited about. And I think that we all need to have something in our lives that brings energy to us. We all need to have something in our lives that, that, that we're creating that just that we're happy we're creating it. And so, so that, those are my five things. Stop, decrease, maintain, increase, and start. But you know, answering the question more directly, uh, asked about what are, the, what are the best habits overall, just the best habits you can have. For me, it's been things like getting up at the same time every day, you know, getting out of bed intentionally every morning instead of just sleeping till whenever. That was revolutionary and life-changing for me. I think reading is very important. I think it's good for our brains. I think that there's a depth of information that we cannot get from documentaries and from movies about things, uh, from Wikipedia articles, and so I like reading books. I think reading books on history is one of the best habits anybody can get into. A lot of the stuff I see now, uh, just, I mean, just with the pandemic, outside the pandemic, the political situation in our country, I think so much of it comes from a complete lack of understanding about what came before us, about what people before us went through, about the cycles that history and society go through. It keeps things in perspective for me. You know, in this whole quarantine, you know, I've been watching this um, documentary series on World War I, and I've been reading a book on Stalingrad. Holy shit, you want to put things into perspective? Uh, those two things right there, well, that's done it for me every single day. Um, meditating is, of course, uh, that's probably the, the keystone habit for me. That's probably the habit that changed everything because it helped me get in touch with my, just with my mind and my emotions and what's going on with those. I can't think of many things that have changed my life in the way that that did. Um, the habit of, of noticing when I have an opinion about something and then actively not caring about that was huge for me because I've, I tend to be very opinionated. I tend to get very invested in my opinions and I tend to put them before people and that's never been helpful. Um, but those habits, th those are the things, I think just like the, the, the simple basic things in life really have an impact on us. You know, they, they just spread out to having an impact. Little things like at the end of each day, review your day. See what you did well, see what you could do better. Uh, each morning, have an idea of what you want to do that day. Have three things that those are the things that you're going to do, and if you can do those things, it's, a, it's, a, it's an accomplished day, and you can do whatever you want with the rest of the day. So I think most of my habits would probably revolve around intentionality in, um, in our lives, and if you've listened to anything from me, that's not going to shock you. But the habits, our habits are what create our lives. There's no way around that. You cannot have a series of bad habits and have a good life. It simply does not work that way. It's, it's like trying to, it's the foundation you build your house on matters. You can have the biggest, most beautiful house in the world, but if the foundation's cracked, everything's gonna fall apart. Habits are the foundation of our lives. And so being intentional about those is really, really important. Um, like I said, uh, you can find me 
all over the place on the internet. Instagram's probably the best place. That's where I've been putting a lot of time and energy. So find me on there. It's just James Scott Henson. If you have questions or topics for the podcast, you can message me on there. You could email me, james at James Scott Henson. Uh, I say this all the time. I, I almost don't even want to say it, but I'm going to try to do a few more podcasts. I've had a lot of people asking me about it. And it's just, I think just creating these things and putting them out there is not natural to me yet. You'd think it would be with 20 some odd episodes over a couple of years, but it's just not. And so, but I am going to try to do better about that. So if you have topics or ideas, send them my way. And I will be, most of the time, I'm, most of the time I'm glad to cover them. I think if it's within my wheelhouse, I'm more than happy to talk about something that would be useful for you. So, uh, you know, review your habits. Make sure they're intentional. Uh, lean into the idea that you are creating your life every single day and your habits are the starting point and see what you come up with. Send me a message with what your good habits are. I'm always looking to improve my life. Uh, it's good talking to y'all again and I will look forward to doing it again. Take care.